Remember all thy offerings and accept thy burnt sacrifice. Grant thee according to thine own heart and fulfill all thy counsel. We will rejoice in thy salvation. In the name of our God will we set up our banners. The Lord fulfill all thy petitions. And the second scripture I want to read is from Song of Solomon's chapter 2 and verse 4. Song of Solomon's chapter 2 and verse 4. He brought me to the banqueting house. And his banner over me was love. And the title of my message today is The Lord's Banner, The Father's Banner. If you could bow your heart with me. Father, we thank you today for showing up at Rehoboth. We thank you, Lord, that you are speaking to us even now. Even now you are feeding us with your word. Lord, I pray your spirit has liberty to move in this service, to touch hearts, to change lives, to encourage, to lift up, to bless, to deliver, to heal, to redeem, to bring salvation. Hallelujah. Lord, we ask you to fill this atmosphere right now with your presence. We give you the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor and say, the Father's banner. Amen. You may be seated. The Father's Banner. Today we would call that a flag. Thank you. In ancient times and throughout Scripture, banners or standards or flags were used. They're going to be having the children go downstairs for, for children's church. So if you, your child would like to go, amen. So in ancient times... They had banners, standards, flags, ensigns. They were symbols to identify who you belong to, which tribe, which nation. Banners were used when Israel was being led into war, into battle. They were there to declare and to proclaim allegiance by Israel to Jehovah. They, was a, they were used as a sign of protection. So I have a question. Whose banner are you under? Every tribe of Israel was given a banner or a tribal flag. In my birth year, in 1956, when Israel had only been a nation for four years, the government of Israel issued a set of 12 postage stamps, each one with the biblical banner for the tribes of Israel. You may not be able to see it. That first one, Judah. And on there is a lion. And then Levi with the breastplate, with the ephod, because he was of the priestly garments. And Simeon and Reuben with the mandrakes and so on. I'm not going to go through all of them. But each tribe in the Bible was given a flag or a banner. And each tribe camped by that banner, that flag. And when they went into war, they took that banner and that flag with them. In Numbers chapter 2, starting at verse 2. Numbers 2 and verse 2, it says, Every man of the children of Israel shall pitch by his own standard. In other words, his own flag, his banner, with the ensign, and this is the interesting part, of their father's house. 
with the flag of their father's house. Far off about the tabernacle of the congregation they shall pitch. They weren't allowed to come too near to the center of the tabernacle because that was a holy place. But they camped all around the tabernacle and they had to camp with their tribal banner. And it goes on to say with the flag of their father's house. The most famous of those tribal banners you probably all know, which was Judah, which his flag had a lion on it. And of course, you know that Jesus was born of the tribe of Judah and was called the lion of the tribe of Judah. But Judah also means praise. And it is interesting that Judah was the tribe that led Israel into battle. Praise led Israel into battle. On their flag was the lion, but on their hearts was a praise. Amen. Their banner was a lion. And yet this scripture in Numbers 2, 2 is really hinting at something. Although it means that they each had a flag, but you see what the Lord is hinting. They also had the flag of their father's house. Israel had a flag that was secret. Each tribe had their own flag, but there was a national flag of Israel. Today, it's the blue with the star of David on it. But I believe that there was a secret banner that Israel had that was only found out after they had their first battle. Israel as a nation went into battle with a secret flag. You see, Numbers 2-2 has a double meaning, I believe. It shall camp by his own flag and with the flag of his father's house. The banner of the father. Banners and flags are most needed, not when you're at peace, but when you go to war. You have to be able to see where your side is at. You have to know who's on your side. You have to know who you're fighting. And that's why they wear uniforms. That's why each army, even today, every single army in the world has their own banners and their flags and their standards because they want to identify who they are. But Israel, I'm telling you today, had a secret flag. They had a secret banner that their enemies didn't realize they had. You see, not long after they left Egypt, they found their first trial. They went into this desert, into this place where there was no water. And it was dry. And there were hundreds of thousands of them. They had taken their animals, their cattle, all of their livestock, and they were in a desert place. There was no water. And they started to complain and to, to get upset with Moses. Let me tell you this. When you leave Egypt, you're going to run into a fight. <laughs> That's a freebie. When you leave Egypt, when you leave the devil's camp, expect that you're going to run into a fight. As soon as they crossed over into the, into the desert, they ran out of water. And you wonder, Lord, why did you lead them that way? But God wanted to prove himself. God will lead you through a desert place because he wants to show you something. He wants to show you that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word which proceedeth out of the mouth of God. See, they ran into opposition. They ran out of water. And you know the story that God told Moses, listen, I'm going to stand upon the rock. And you come before the rock and you strike it. In Exodus 17, verse 6, and I'm taking my time. I'm going to take my time here. I want to tell you a little story. In Exodus 17, 6, it says, Behold, I will stand before thee upon the rock in Horeb, and thou shalt smite the rock. And there shall come water out of it that the people may drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. Verse 7. 
And he called the name of the place Massa, which means temptation. And Meribah, which means contention and strife. As soon as they'd gotten over the Red Sea, they ran into temptation and they ran into contention and strife. I'm telling you, once you try and leave Egypt, it won't be easy, but be prepared for a fight. And so they ran into this situation where they had no water and God proved himself again. He told Moses to take the rod. Now normally today when you have a rod, it's got a flag on it. But Israel's flag, you couldn't see it, is what I'm telling you. It was the same rod he held over the Red Sea and it parted. He told Moses, take that rod and I want you to come up to the rock and I want you to strike it. And now... When you read verse 7, listen to what they next say. Because they tempted the Lord, saying, is the Lord amongst us or not? You know what that means? They could not see the banner of the Father. Because if they could have seen his flag, they would have known that he was with them. They could see their own flag, but they could not see the banner of the Father. They started to say, is the Lord amongst us? And I'm thinking to myself as I was studying this, boy, these... No good Israelites. And then the Lord lifted up a mirror. Lifted up a mirror and showed me. How soon after a victory we get into trouble and we suddenly say, Lord, where are you? Is the Lord amongst us? Because we can no longer see the Father's banner. If they could have seen it, they wouldn't have worried. But they started to say, is the Lord amongst us? Isn't that the first thing that happens when you get into trouble? Lord, where are you? Why did this happen to me? What am I going through? Why is all this befalling me? As soon as this happened, even though they had come through so many deliverances, after all that God had done, they asked the question, is he still amongst us? This is the reason for a banner. This is the reason for a standard. When an army's standard is up, you know they're still fighting. You know they're still winning. You know there's still some survivors. That's why they fight to tear down the flag of the opposition. They start to ask the question, is he still amongst us? Because of their unbelief, they could not see God's banner. They were not sure anymore if he was amongst them. That's Satan's first job is to tell you he's gone. He's not there to blind us to his banner. God had delivered us. God has healed us. God has provided for us. God has redeemed us. God has saved us. And yet sometimes we're saying, is he here? Where is he? Imagine all the miracles that had been done. And I'm thinking, how could they? How could they? And the Lord said, well, you do it. That's how you are. I've just delivered you. I've just done some great miracle. And the next moment you're saying, where are you, Lord? God has provided for us, yet we ask, is God amongst us? They did not yet know his name. You know, last time I preached, I talked about the name that was given, the I am that I am. But from that point on, every time God did something, they added something to the name. And this name, this part of the name had not been revealed, Jehovah Shammah. The Lord is present. They knew him as the I am, but they didn't know at that time that he was still present. The Lord is present. He is my I am, but I didn't know he was present right now when I'm going through because I couldn't see him, because I didn't see the Father's banner. They didn't know him as Jehovah Shammah. The Lord is here. The Lord is present. That, that name was not revealed until way down into the book of Ezekiel, the very last 
chapter of Ezekiel, the very last verse, God reveals his full name that the Lord is present. They, they did not see his banner. They could not see his flag when Moses held it over the Red Sea. Because I told you, it's seen by faith. Yet they saw the rivers parted. They did not see anything that happened until he took that same rod and hit the rock and the waters came out. He told them, by my name, Jehovah, was I not known. So they didn't, couldn't understand that there was yet a name that was to be revealed to them. But I tell them that I am the I am. He told Moses, go you tell them. Start the process. I want you to take them on a journey where they're going to learn something through my names. That I am present. I am Jehovah Shammah. When uh, you can't see anything else, I am still present. I am going to never leave you nor forsake you. In fact, we'll just go there. Ezekiel 48, chapter 48 and verse 35. Ezekiel chapter 48 and verse 35. It was round about 18,000 measures. He's describing this new beautiful place, the new Jerusalem. And the name of that city from that day shall be the Lord is there. In Hebrew, the words there are Jehovah Shammah, the Lord is present. Do you understand that we are now the temple of the Lord? And if you are filled with his spirit, Jehovah Shammah, the Lord is there, the Lord is present. I will never leave you nor forsake you. So they get through this crisis where they have no water. And they go to a, a valley, which should be a peaceful place. They go to this valley called Rephidim. And the name means a place of rest, a place of stays, a place where you can camp. But it's in the valley that they get attacked. In fact, this is actually Israel's first battle that they are personally going to fight. They never fought the Egyptians. God did it for them. They never fought about crossing the Red Sea. They didn't have to make boats. They didn't have to make a bridge. God did it for them. So now they're camping in a valley of rest and they get attacked. And this is actually Israel's first personal battle where they're going to have to fight. The, they camped in this valley and of course it means rest. It's the place where you least expect to be attacked in the valley of rest. In a place of peace. But that's where Satan is going to come and upset your boat. That's where he wants to take away your peace. That's where he's going to try and take away your joy. That's where he's going to come and try and depress you. It's when you're at peace that you have to look out for your enemy. It's when you're in the valley of Rephidim, that's where you're going to be attacked. David knew that. He said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. It's not when you're on the mountaintop and rejoicing. It's when you're down in the valley and you think it's peaceful and green. That's where Satan will come to attack you. This was going to be Israel's really first fight. In Exodus chapter 17 and verse 8. Exodus 17 and verse 8. And an enemy called Amalek came up and took him by surprise. Came up behind them. And then came Amalek and fought with Israel in the Rephidim, in the Valley of Peace. Amalek, of course, these, these were descendants of Esau. And they sneaked upon Israel behind them to destroy them. And this was their very first battle where they were going to fight as soldiers. And the battle was both physical and spiritual. You see, when you fight out there, the battle that you're fighting 
is both physical and spiritual. You just can't see the demons and the spirits that are trying to destroy you. If you could, you'd go, wow. You'd take a step back and say, I see what's going on here. Because we are in spiritual warfare. This battle was not just physical, and I'll show you why. They sneaked up on Israel from behind to destroy them. And every, every army had their own banner. They had their standards. So I believe that God dispatched the heavenly host to help Israel fight. And I'm going to show you why. Because the, the Bible says the battle is not ours. Did you know that? The battle is not ours. If I was trying to fight, fight Satan, I'd be in a mess. But I'm not fighting alone. I'm fighting. I'm fighting under the Father's banner. Where is your banner? Whose banner are you standing under? Because if you're under the Father's banner, I tell you what, you're going to be able to win. Now, this was a secret banner because even Israel at this time didn't understand everything. God was trying to show them something. They went forth to fight and Moses told Joshua, choose some men and let's go and fight these uh, people from Amalek. In Psalms 20, verse 5, the scripture that I read, wrote, uh, read at first, it says, We will rejoice in thy salvation. Now, if you notice, the very first stamp that was put up there was Judah. Because they led the army of Israel into battle. No surprise, no secret that their name means praise. When you're going through your valley, this is when you got to get some praise. This is when you got to go against what the devil wants you to do. He's trying to tear you down. He's trying to depress you. He's trying to tell you, where is he? Because you can't see his banner. But Judah was the one that always led Israel into war with praise. Psalms 20 verse 5 says, we will rejoice. That's a choice. We will rejoice in thy salvation. That's a declaration. That means it's going to happen. I don't see it right now, but it's going to happen. And in the name of our God, we will set up our banners. The Lord fulfill all thy petitions. You know, the U.S. flag goes by many names. They call it old glory, right? And there's a certain way that you're supposed to treat the flag. It's supposed to fly higher than any other flag. Did you know that? It's illegal. It's against the law if you got the U.S. flag lower than some other flag. It can be equal, but it should be actually above any other flag because it's the national flag. It's the symbol of America. Do you understand there was a banner that God placed over Israel that was his symbol? Moses told Joshua... Lead Israel into battle. But me, I'm going to take the rod. I'm going to go up on a hill. I'm going to raise that rod high. Now, I'm just making this up, but I really believe, although Israel couldn't see it, there was an invisible banner. Every time God did a miracle for Israel, it was with the rod. Every time he stretched it forth, something happened. So Moses told Listen, I'm going to go up on the hill. You take the men and you go fight. I'm going to go up on the hill. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to raise up the rod. I'm going to stretch it over the battle. Exodus 17, 11. And it came to pass when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed. The Bible says when we lift him up, Jesus said, when you lift me up, I will draw all. 
He'll draw all your judgment. He'll draw all your sickness. He'll draw all your fear. He'll draw all your despair when we lift him up. See, I really believe there was an invisible flag on that rod that nobody could see. Because every time that rod was lifted up is when Israel won. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me even in the presence of my enemies. And it came to pass, Exodus 17, 11, when Moses lift, held up his hand, that Israel prevailed. When we lift up our hand in worship, we're going to prevail. When we lift up his banner high, we're going to prevail. But when he got tired... When he got tired, Amalek prevailed. Because he by, was by then an 80-year-old man, he, he got tired holding up his hand for hours. The battle raged all day. And as long as he could hold up the banner, the flag, the rod, Israel prevailed. But every now and then he got tired. So you know what? His brother Aaron and another a man called her decided, you know what? We, we got to fix this. We're going to come and hold his hand up. We're going to help him out. And so they got a big rock and they put it under him so he could, he could kind of catch there. And they held up his hand. They held that banner up. You understand that this battle at Rephidim, and I want to stress this, was actually Israel's first fight where they actually fought as soldiers. Up until this time, all they did was God did, kept on doing miracles. There's coming a time when you're going to have to fight. You can pray that God keeps opening the Red Sea, and he will, but there's a time when you're going to have to lift up the banner. You're going to have to grab the sword and the shield. You're going to have to go forth. You're going to have to do something. This was their first fight. But you know what? I'm telling you, even though they didn't realize it, they were not fighting alone. God was still helping them. In Zechariah chapter 14... Zechariah chapter 14 and verse 3. This is what God says. He says, Then shall the Lord go forth and fight against those nations as when he fought in the day of battle. I don't believe that this first battle that Israel fought, God left them alone. I believe the legions of heaven were marshaled. Every time they praised, every time the rod was lifted up, every time Moses in essence gave worship, Israel won. You see, when you know where your banner is and you see it still, still fly, you know you haven't lost it. You can keep fighting. When you understand who fights for you, when you're under the secret banner, when you go forth as Judah with praise, then you will, you will win. You see, it wasn't until after the, the, the battle that, that Moses realized what, was, what, what had happened. And this is actually the first time now that the name of God that he had told him from the bush is being compounded, is being added to. He told him, I am that I am. He told Moses, by that name, Jehovah, was I not known. Abraham knew me as El Shaddai, El Elyon, but by my name, Jehovah, I was not known. So now this is their first battle, and this is the first time God has given them victory where they have fought for themselves. At least that's what they're thinking. Verse 15, and Moses, this is Exodus 17, verse 15, then Moses built an altar and called the name Jehovah Nissi. The Lord is my banner. Before David called him Jehovah Ra, which means the Lord is my shepherd. 
Before Ezekiel called him Jehovah Shammah, which means the Lord is present, the first time the compound name was used after it was given to Moses was at this battle. The Lord is my battle. The Lord is my banner. That's why I titled this The Father's Banner. There was a banner that the enemy couldn't see that was flying over Israel. And every time it was raised up, they won. I'm telling you, there's a banner that is flying over you. Every time you will raise up. Every time you will raise up in praise. Every time you will give God the glory. You will win. You will win. This is, as I said, this is the first real battle that Israel as a nation ever fought. In Psalms 91, it tells us something about staying under the shadow of the... Let's just read it. Psalms 91, verse 1. He that dwelleth in the secret place. I told you this was a secret flag. They couldn't see it, but it was on that rod somehow. Every time Moses opened that rod up, the Red Sea parted. When he took it and struck the rock, water came out. When he raised it over Amalek, they lost. We need to lift high his banner today. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide on the shadow of the Almighty. Now, there used to be a car dealership up by Good Hope and 41 or 42, and he had the biggest U.S. flag I ever saw. <laughs> I don't know if you remember it. It must have been, I don't know how big, it must have been 45 feet by, it was flying, and it, he, he had, you could see that thing from miles around. I tell you, we need to raise the biggest praise to God that we can do, that the devil can see it from miles around. The first revelation of God's compound name that Moses used was Jehovah Nissi. The Lord is my banner. The Lord is my covering. The Lord is right here. He is our flag. And as long as the flag was kept high, Israel won. It was fought when they were under his banner. And God will fight for you if you will stay. That's the key. Stay under the banner. You have to be able to see it. You have to be able to see it. In, in World War II, on, on I think it was Iwo Jima, I can't remember which, which island it was, the Marines, you see that very famous picture of them raising the U.S. flag. Hundreds and maybe tens of, of hundreds or a couple thousand men had died to get to that place where on that hill they were able to raise that banner. And signify the victory. We need to do the same. We need to raise his banner high. We need to raise his banner high. Now you may ask. Well what is this banner? Well I tell you. I read that other scripture. And it's in Song, Songs of Solomon chapter 2 verse 4. The banner that is covering us is love. That is God's banner. That is the banner that is covering you and me. It's not because I'm good. It's not because I'm perfect. It's not because I'm even likable. Some people like me, some won't. But he loves me. <laughs> Songs of Solomon verse 4 says, He brought me to his banqueting house. His banner over me was love. That is the banner that gives us the victory. It's because God's covering over us, God's protection over us is based upon his love. It was because he loved us. The Bible says not that we loved him, but that he first loved us. 
His banner over us is love. His covering is love. When we stay under that banner, we are able to experience his love, his protection, his deliverance, his healing, his salvation, his redemption. When we stay under that protection. But some of us, we like to fly our own flag. (laughs) We want to do our own thing. Israel, if you looked at every single banner, they tell a story. We don't have time today. That's for a Bible study. But all I'll tell you that the first one was praise. In Genesis 49, and you don't have to turn to there. In Genesis 49, when Jacob was blessing his sons, he came to Judah And he said, the scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet until Shiloh comes. It was a messianic promise that one day the true lion of the tribe of Judah would come to lead us to final victory. I'm telling you, saints, that we need to lift his banner high. We need to understand that his banner over us is love. Amen. You can stand with me. I'm done. Amen. The Father's banner. Where are you standing? Whose banner are you being led by? Do you know the secret banner? Are you letting the rod and the staff comfort you? Let me tell you what I think his banner looks like. That's what I think his banner looks like. It was on the cross that he showed how much he loved us. When I was a little boy, I used to ask my mother how much we used to have this competition, how much we love each other. And we would go, I love you this much. And she would say, I love you this much. And I would say, I love you this much. And then she would finally go like this. And I couldn't beat that. Yeah. Do you understand that's what he did? Yeah. When he stretched, yeah. when he stretched his arms on the cross, that was what his banner of love was all about. We get the word excruciating from the word crucifixion. I told you in Sunday school that this article came up about the most painful ways to die. And of course, crucifixion was right up there. Because it was not a quick death. That's where we get the word excruciating. And it wasn't the nails that kept him there. He could have come off that cross anytime. But it was the banner of love. The Father's love. The Bible says, what love the Father hath. Which banner are you standing under? Do you understand that if you go out and fight under the wrong banner, you're going to lose? He brought me to the banqueting house. And his banner over me was love. The Jews don't believe or don't yet see who their leader is, who their Messiah is. So they could not print a stamp for him. But I just put up there what I thought maybe his banner might be. It's when he stretched his arms and said, it is finished. It is finished. It is finished. He paid the price for you and me. And ever when you think you go into battle that you're fighting alone, you're not. If you are in the secret place of the Most High, if you are letting the rod and the staff comfort you, even in the valley of Rephidim, even in the place where you thought you would be safe, Satan won't leave you alone. But if you let the rod and the staff comfort you, if you will raise his banner high, Psalms 20 20 verse 5 says that uh, we, 
will raise our banners of praise. Hallelujah. We're closing this service, but I want you to know about the Father's banner. It isn't a secret anymore. Once Jesus said it's finished, he made it plain that it was love, that he died for you and me. And maybe we can't understand that or even conceive that, but it's the truth nonetheless. And if we will yield ourselves, if we will become part of that heavenly family, then that banner belongs to us. We become covered by the Father's banner. Amen. We're going to close this service, but not close God's presence. I'm, I'm, I'm so happy that we're going to be having, I believe, two baptisms today. And another baptism next week. You know what God is doing? He's doing something. I just want to make sure that I've raised my banner. I want to make sure that I've raised my praise and that I am standing in the secret place of the Most High. This altar is open. We're going to close this service. We're going to pray. And we're going to ask God this week, Lord, I want to make sure that I'm standing under your banner, the Father's banner. Israel each had their own banner, but the scripture deliberately said, but they had to camp under the Father, the Father's banner. Israel had a national banner that they didn't know or couldn't see until this first battle. And then Moses built an altar and he declared the place, Jehovah Nissi, the Lord is our banner. So I said, no army goes to fight today without a banner. 10th Mountain Division, they've got an emblem, right? And it's like um, on their shoulders. And every army has a banner. Well, I tell you, there's a secret banner that you can have applied. You can have a name applied. That God wants us to know. Hallelujah. These altars are open. I'm going to pray. Hallelujah. And I invite you to come and pray. In fact, you know, to make it easy, I'm going to invite the whole church. We're not going to pick out people. You all come down and pray. Ask God to help you to stand under his banner. Hallelujah. Ask God to move in your life. Ask God to continue to fight the battle for you. Because most certainly, this is what happened at the battle of Rephidim. The very first battle that Israel fought as a nation was under the banner of the Lord. His banner is over us. Father, Lord Jesus, hallelujah. If you could reach out and just put, lay your hand on the person next to you, just on their shoulder, and you pray for them. Lord, we come to you today, Lord Jesus, hallelujah. Lord, we now know that that banner is your love that covers us, that covers a multitude of sins, that redeems us from unrighteousness, that forgives us, that pours out grace upon us, that heals us, hallelujah, that lifts us up, that restores us, that places our feet upon that rock, that pours out water in a desert place, hallelujah, that fights our battles for us, hallelujah, that brings deliverance to our hearts, hallelujah, Lord, help us to understand and be aware of your love 
the banner of love that you have covered us with. Lord, we come to you today. Lord, we repent, Lord God, of our sins and our faults and our failures, Lord. We lay them at your feet. We ask right now that you reach out, oh God, and cover us, hallelujah, with that banner of love as you did, hallelujah, as you did in the Old Testament. Cover us right now. Take us to your banqueting hall. Redeem us, hallelujah. Oh God, restore us, revive us. Hallelujah, let our love be to you. Let us recognize what you have done for us. We submit right now, Jesus. We bow down before your throne. We thank you for that love, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, church. Let us cry out. Let us worship. Let us be like Judah. Hallelujah. Let's lead in praise. Hallelujah. Let us thank him for his goodness and his